Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to World Weekly from the Financial Times. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today, we're looking at the French presidential election, where the lineup of candidates is now becoming clearer. Joining me on the line from Paris is our bureau chief, Anne-Sylvain Chassigny, and here in the studio, Hugh Carnegie, our former Paris bureau chief. Anne-Sylvain, if you could uh, just give us a sense now of how clear are we now about who the battle essentially is going to be between? Well, at the moment, it is a three-horse race, we could say that, with uh, far-right leader Marine Le Pen still high in the polls and predicted to win the first round of the presidential election in, uh, in April. A second is François Fillon, the centre-right candidate. He would be able to make the runoff and face her on the 7th of May. And not far behind is Emmanuel Macron, the former economy minister, who was unknown to the public only three years ago, but who's uh, done uh, who's doing a pretty good campaign. And he's now getting a bit closer to the 20% level in the polls. So that's, uh, those are the three main candidates. And we're going to know on Sunday who's going to be the socialist candidate, who's likely to be fifth in the polls. And in fourth position, we have Jean-Luc Mélenchon, the far, right, uh, the far left leader. Now, Hugh, I mean, it's remarkable, isn't it, that Anselven says the socialists are likely to be in fifth in the polls. I mean, just to remind listeners, we currently have a socialist president of France, of France, Francois Hollande, who is so unpopular that he's not even running again. And the party seems likely to disappear. This has been one of the great parties of the last 30 years of French politics. Yes, and there has been a remarkable collapse. When I covered the election in 2012, the socialists swept to victory in the uh, national elections that followed the presidential election, which of course was won by François Hollande, the leader of the socialists. He's now out of the running. He ruled himself out because he had such low ratings, he had no chance of re-election. And his party has collapsed behind him. In fact, I think this has been brewing really since about the middle of his presidential term. The party has been fighting amongst itself, and now it's reaping what it has sown in terms of its internal divisions. And it is seen in the eyes of the broader public as being pretty much unelectable. And as you say, it's pretty extraordinary that they have descended to the position where whoever wins the runoff in the primary, the socialist primary on Sunday between Manuel Valls, the former prime minister, and Benoit Hamon, this uh, fast-rising, younger uh, sort of radical, is probably going to be in fifth place and really be a bit of a no-hoper unless things change radically in the first round in April. And Hugh, I mean, of course, the figure who's attracting all the international interest, particularly post Donald Trump's victory in the US and post-Brexit in the UK, is the leader of the far right, who Anne Sylvain referred to, Marine Le Pen. And she just this week had this meeting of other far-right leaders in Europe, in Koblenz in Germany, with the Dutchman, Gert Wilders, with the AFD from Germany. Do you get the feeling that the wind is in Marine Le Pen's sails? Well, I think it'd be very interesting to hear what Anne Sylvain has to say about that. Viewed from where I'm sitting, it seems to me that she's still in a very strong position, but possibly with less momentum than she had a little while ago, partly because of the rising candidacy of Emmanuel Macron, which is capturing a lot of attention. So I think the 
key question for Marine Le Pen is not so much is she going to do well in the first round because all the indications are that she has a pretty solid base to get her into the second round, again, barring a surprise, and we must never rule out surprises in elections right now because of everything that we've seen elsewhere. But the real question is, has she got that vital extra momentum to drive her on to victory in the decisive round in May? And I think there's still a big question mark over that. Yeah, and Sylvain, I mean, you you are closer to the action. What's the sentiment both among people who observe the election and, and even in the national front ranks? Is there confidence behind Marine Le Pen that she could really actually managed to pull off winning the presidency? I think I would agree with you. She's got a very solid base of voters, but she doesn't have momentum at the moment. But she hasn't really started her campaign yet. And she's going to do so, you know, soon, as soon as we have the name of the socialist candidate. And we have to wait a bit to see how she goes from there, because uh, she'll probably, you know, try to mobilize the working classes. And it's going to be interesting to see how, who is going to capture that vote in April. So let's wait and see. Do you think there's an opening for her, though? I mean, given that the two likeliest candidates who are opposing her will be either François Fillon or Emmanuel Macron, both of whom are economic liberals. And economic liberalism has not ever been very fashionable in France, and globally it's not fashionable at all now. That looks like a big opportunity for Marine Le Pen. Yes, um, it looks like it. Although, again, Emmanuel Macron is certainly a business-friendly candidate and is a liberal on, on social issues, but we don't have his detailed program. And I would suspect that he will be in the center ground and, you know, probably he will emerge as, as some sort of center-left candidate eventually. And he's got this appeal of being an outsider, a bit like Marine Le Pen. So, you know, there are different elements in his appeal. You know, he's also, like Marine Le Pen, seen as a political as outsider. He is a former banker, isn't he, which is not normally regarded as an outsider credential. Yes, absolutely. It's really fashionable to be an outsider these days. But you could argue that Marine Le Pen is also not so much of an outsider. I mean, she was raised in a pretty wealthy family. She's not coming from the working classes and she's been in politics for a long time and but Emmanuel Macron is young and he's new to politics he's he was literally unknown until you know August 2014 when he was appointed economy minister and it seems to draw a lot of uh, interest from voters. I think one of the really fascinating things about watching this French election is to see whether France continues the trend that we've seen in America and in the Brexit vote in the UK of this shift towards this, uh, to put it in its simplest terms, as a populist right-wing surge, or whether actually France turns out to take a slightly different turn. And I'm reminded, I think back to the period after Margaret Thatcher was first elected in the UK in 1979, and then we had Ronald Reagan elected in the United States. And then immediately after that, the French elected the socialist president in François Mitterrand, who went in the complete opposite direction to Britain and the UK politically. And I think it's absolutely intriguing to wonder whether we're actually going to see France take a slightly different turn again from politics in Britain and America in this election. Now, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but there are some signs that that might be the case, and that's what makes this election so compelling, I think. But Anselven, I mean, Macron, he's an independent, isn't he? I mean, has an independent ever won the French presidency? No, I mean, it's, a, you know, the, the track record for centrist or independent um, is very poor. 
That said, I think his timing is much better. I think, as Hugh pointed out, I mean, the, the Socialist Party is literally imploding and, you know, it's probably going to end up as a tiny little faction, you know, socialist factions around Benoit Hamon. So his timing is pretty good and I think he's got a good chance of luring experienced uh, center-left politicians and actually building a solid base there. And so far, his predictions and his assumptions have uh, materialised. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And Hugh, I mean, we shouldn't forget that at the moment, I think the bookmaker's favourite and opinion poll's favourite still is François Fillon from the centre-right. How much do you think he is going to move or has already moved onto the ground of Marine Le Pen on issues like race, identity, Islam? Well, his primary campaign was not as overtly placed on that ground as was his rival Nicolas Sarkozy, former president. But clearly a large part of his appeal on the right was that he came from a very solidly traditional right of sort of middle of the right rather than centre right, I think, if we can make that distinction uh, on these issues. And I think a lot of the people that voted for him in the primary election uh, saw him as occupying pretty firm ground on issues like immigration, identity, the republic. He's a gaullist. I mean, he is very much in the tradition of... He's a cultural conservative as well, isn't he, on gay marriage and issues like that? He has large support from the still very important sort of middle-class Catholic population in France. So he's well planted on the right, and that gives him, as it were, a strong position to sort of fend off defections to the national front of Marine Le Pen. But equally, he also has to appeal to the centre. So he has a balancing act. And I think that's one of the things his programme or his campaign hasn't yet shown its real colours in terms of exactly how he will position himself to appeal to a broad enough swathe in the centre and to the right that will carry him through. And Anne-Sylvain, I mean, obviously France had suffered from, I think, three pretty horrific terrorist attacks last year, the Bataclan in Nice and so on. How far does it still colour the election? You know, so far I find that, you know, terror is not a big theme so far in the campaign. If you look at Emmanuel Macron's campaign, he's not even mentioned, he doesn't mention terror or even security that much. His campaign is focused on the economy, on social mobility and, uh, you know, economic opportunities. And Fillon is campaigning more, on, as you pointed out, on more on the social values rather than terror and has put, you know, a big focus focus on the economy, on reforms. So it may come back. I mean, there hasn't been a terror attack since July, and the French people have been very resilient, I would say. And if something bad happens, it will probably come back to the fore. But at the moment, I'm struck by the fact that it's not part of the conversation that much. The economy is really top of priority. And so, Hugh, in that sense, it's a rather traditional election, isn't it? I mean, the economy is usually the top priority in both in France and in European elections. Yes, so far that certainly seems to be the case. And again, maybe that is one of the things that explains the success so far of Emmanuel Macron. Now, as Anne-Sylvain has pointed out, the centre candidates in France tend to fizzle, and he may yet fizzle. But I think one of the things that uh, is in his favour right now is that he is propounding, yes, as you pointed out, he's, he's a kind of economic liberal, but he's an economic liberal on the left. He's not proposing as radical a sort of tearing up of the French social system and the French economic model as Fillon has proposed. And yet, because he's an outsider, notwithstanding the fact that he was economy minister in the current government for a spell, he carries a kind of 
a fresh and modern a message about renewing the French economy for the digital age that could yet, I think, gather him quite a lot of support. Okay, uh, so Anselman, just to conclude, give us a sense of um, what we should look out for in the coming months. We're now in January. First round's in April, I think early April. The culminating round, the last two, is in early May. How do you expect this battle of the first round to shape up? Will there be particular turning points, debates, for example? Yeah, I mean, starting Sunday, this Sunday will, you know, I'll say the campaign will really kickstart with Fillon's going to outline his economic programme. We'll know the socialist candidate and Amon is also going to be potentially a disruptive figure. He's quite an interesting radical. He's developed a very forward-looking platform. And the really fascinating thing about this election this year is that really... All the scenarios are plausible. You know, we should not rule out any scenarios for the second round. We could have Marine Le Pen and Fillon. We could have a duel between Fillon and Macron. We could have a, a duel between Le Pen and Mélenchon. So we have to be careful for every development, basically. OK, well, with that fascinating thought, we'll leave it for this week. And I'm sure we'll be returning to the French presidential election in the coming months. But for now, thank you very much to Anne-Sylvain Chassigny in France and to Hugh here in the studio in London. Until next week, goodbye.